This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. 8.35 a.m. You're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Keith Kam and Wong Xiaoning. We're turning our attention to the corruption scandal that's rocking Singapore. Last Thursday, the former Transport Minister of Singapore, S. Iswaran, pleaded not guilty to 27 charges of corruption and the biggest political scandal to hit the island republic in nearly four decades. The bulk of these charges include allegedly obtaining hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of kickbacks from tycoon Ong Bing Singh in the form of tickets to UK football matches and musicals, hotel stay and F1 tickets, among others. So these charges come in six months after the arrest of the duo by the Corrupt Practices Investigation Bureau. Now, with this corruption scandal adding on to a slew of controversies affecting the ruling People's Action Party, or PAP, how will this actually shape the Singapore, excuse me, the Singaporean political landscape moving forward? For more insights on this issue, we have on the line with us James Gomez, Regional Director at the Asia Centre. James, good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. In a city that's known for its clean image, how shocking is it for a minister to be charged with corruption? Uh, um, good morning. Always great to be back at BFM. I, I think in terms of a city known for its uh, clean image, I, I, I think that that is no longer relevant anymore. I think we have been hearing a series of you know financial uh, tainted cases uh, emerging in Singapore. Not too long ago, the, the multi-billion dollar uh, financial scam involving Chinese nationals holding multiple nationality that hit uh, you know Singapore and global news headlines. We had uh, not too long ago also uh, issues related to real estate of uh, two ministers. And then now we have uh, a minister being indicted. Uh, there's no verdict yet. Uh, he has pleaded not guilty. And the case is uh, be, uh, before the courts. I think what is shocking, I think, for Singaporeans is really uh, the exposure of the decadent lifestyle of those in power, especially the ministers. Uh, each of these cases, whether you know one is found guilty of wrong, wrongdoing or not, brings to the fore uh, the lifestyle. Uh, and I think this being revealed in a public uh, manner is what I think you know not only shocks but troubles uh, Singaporeans because Singaporeans have always have uh, you know uh, been concerned about the high salaries mm-hmm. ministers get. And then you add on top of this, you know, other impropriety, uh, you know, uh, eventually found out whether it's legal or not, but it's being exposed. And I think that's what is uh, troubling uh, more than shocking. And this recent case, again, I think brings it to the fore. James, uh, just very quickly, if you you could just give some background on the charges against uh, Iswaran and, and what prompted his initial arrest. I think things are not clear because since July, when the, uh, the arrests, uh, you know, became public, um, uh, we we had very little information. Things were unclear. We, we didn't know. At least, you know, as it was reported in the Singaporean uh, mainstream media, uh, we we hear words like unspecified corruption investigation by the CPIB. So these these were what we were fed with. And then there was kind of, uh, you know, um, 
uh, radio silence, so to speak, around the specifics of the case for about a good six months. It's only, you know, now uh, that the case has been filed in court that we, we see there are 27 specific charges and each of the charges are enumerated in infographics uh, and, you know, circulated on mainstream and social media. So it is only now that we have a sense of, uh, you know, what are the details. But the public reaction actually is fairly muted. Uh, now that the specifics uh, uh, have been revealed, you know, they, they actually, uh, you know, make uh, comments and comparisons, for example, with Malaysia in terms of, uh, oh, is, the, is that all, you know? Uh, is this the, the net amount of, uh, you know, uh, corruption or, or illegal, you know, so-called, again, you know, to remind everyone that uh, this is a case before the courts and, the person involved has pleaded not guilty. So so I think <clears throat> suddenly when the details come out, uh, Singaporeans are a bit muted when they see, you know, what is the volume vis-a-vis, mm. -vis, you know, the kind of salaries and perks <clears throat> ministers get. Uh, so I think this is where we uh, stand at the moment. Mm. I think we will have to wait and see... Uh, uh, how the proceedings go against Iswaran, but at the same time, what is you know uh, not articulated uh, very uh, clearly and loudly yeah. is uh, Ong Beng Seng, you know, uh, <clears throat> who's also been investigated uh, in relation to the case. Yeah. So James, yes, of course, we've all seen the memes, especially in Malaysia. But I, I just want to point out something which is that this like you said it's not the first controversy right we did see two lawmakers unexpectedly resigning over an affair there's also been the son of former premier go chok tong was among four being charged for false trading offenses so really what does this then mean for pap against the backdrop of a country that is due for elections in 2025 yeah i think we need to kind of step back a little bit and and just to to for your listeners' benefit, just to say, as far as the ruling party MPs or political office holders are concerned, uh, cases of impropriety uh, have uh, been in the public domain since the 1960s. Mm -hmm. So there, there has been a record of cases, you know, and this is um, uh, one involving a second minister, uh, the one previously teaching one. Um, <clears throat> So we have a series of incidents, but I think what is interesting uh, is what happens uh, with these uh, incidents. Uh, in the early years, you know, uh, the, when Singapore was, uh, you know, contesting on single seats, when someone, uh, you know, resigns from the ruling party, their positions by elections weren't immediately called for single seats. Often they were, you know, uh, paired with, the next elections. So you have that. And also, you know, their names are expounded <coughs> from the uh, parliamentary websites. So that's also interesting to note. So it is exists. They never, uh, it is, it is as if they never existed in the mm. Singapore political system. 
and then uh, their names are also disassociated from the ruling party. You can already see that happening. So if you start looking at the past incidents and people, you know, involved with the ruling party who help, uh, you know, MP position or political uh, office, uh, the name of the PAP and the association will be expounded uh, very quickly, but gradually as well. And then you, they will simply be referred by name or by their rank uh, for the immediate time being and then uh, forgotten. Mm. I expect uh, this pattern to be followed uh, in this case as well. You can already just, you know, drop in on the Wikipedia page and you can see it's all already updated. Okay, but yeah. what does this then mean for PAP as they head into elections in 2025? Can they maybe recover is too strong a word? Can they woo back their voters? Do you think it makes a difference to voters at the ballot box? I mean, if we look at the last, you know, 50, 60 years where it has been littered by, you know, periodic corruption, I, I don't think it really you know, politically harm the ruling party. Uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, is the voters will have to decide. Uh, why are they able to do so? Because of the control over the media. Hmm. The fact that press releases are going out, you know, with the header or, or rare corruption case. If you look at headlines around the world, you know, uh, reporting about this particular incident, um, the word rare, is often used, mm. but it's more than rare. It is becoming a regular feature, right? Is is so, that fair, though, James? When you think that Singapore is ranked fifth least corrupt country in Transparency International Corruption Perceptions Index in twenty twenty two, though, and there, there's the nub. It's the perception, isn't it? It's all about the PR. So I think in terms of PR, is very well managed, and as long as the. Um, uh, audience, the voters continue to ha uh, have a very constructed and refined image, I think you can continue the bluff. Mm. And I think uh, that's where it is. I think what, what is missing here is really transparency, accuracy of reportage, uh, more investigation, independent uh, checks and balances. I think what Singapore lacks is public accountability and our political system to date cannot deliver mm. through independent checks and balances. I think that's key. It's not, you know, self-checking. James, in about the minute that we have, what do you think this scandal means for the incoming prime minister? Uh, we are expected to see a major leadership transition in the next year or, or under a year. Do you think that um, this makes it harder for the incoming prime minister, Lawrence Wong, um, to slip into that role? And precisely, I think slip into the role would be the uh, is, is well put because I think that's what will happen, you know can slip past the scandal uh, as long as you don't have independent and public accountability and you can frame the issue through your control media, including shaping it online, I think it would be smooth sailing for any transition. James, thanks very much for speaking with us. That was James Gomez, Regional Director at the Asia Centre, talking to us about the implications of the recent corruption scandal in Singapore um, and really what that says about the checks and balances that uh, exist on the island state. I'm really curious about, um, I mean, the, the perception that 
the public in Singapore have over the CPIP, the Corrupt Practices Investigation Board, as well as uh, enforcement authorities, and how quickly or maybe not quickly that they had responded to to an issue in an issue like this. But obviously, I mean, with a with a uh, with the amount of of corruption that's that's involved here, it's quite staggering as well. Yeah, but I I, I kind of disagree with James in terms of like, is it blatant? Uh, does it happen very frequently? Or maybe we, we are the wrong benchmark or we're just used <laughs> to headlines, right? So that, that's why when we see these headlines, we're like, okay. But Still the point not as is, bad as us. Yeah, but the point <laughs> is basically corruption in government service should not be tolerated in all, any yeah. case under any circumstances. All right, 8.47 in the morning. We're going to head into some messages. But when we come back, how has the conflict in the Red Sea impacted the Malaysian shipping industry? Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.